It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shohei Otani. Well, Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Dodgers made Nick Crawl's job incredibly hard moving forward. We're going to tell you how on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and I am Jeff Carr. He is Stephen Offenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed on your favorite podcast platform, or if you're watching us, make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube and you click that bell to get notified. We're going to be with you all throughout the offseason as these Reds continue to plow toward the playoffs in 2024. That's right. We said playoffs. I got a lot to do to get there, though, Steve. And we are going to look at a couple of rumors that are surrounding what the Reds could do. We're going to look at a deal that the Dodgers made that the Reds missed out on, maybe missed out on Tyler Glass. Now, did the Reds miss out on a guy that they were rumored to get? We're going to tell you why we don't think that's the case. But we're going to start first with the big deal, with the huge deal that has set the offseason in motion. As we're, we're talking here on Locked On Reds, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day and every single day. We have seen different uh, reports and things like this about the Otani deal for the Dodgers. $700 million for 10 years, but that's not what it is because there's lots of deferred money. There's lots of calculus involved. There's lots of things that make this a very, very big mess for the rest of the major leagues and for the Reds, really specifically, who are looking to add some pitching this offseason. Yeah, Jeff, this deal really just messes up Nick Crawl's plans and messes up what this Reds front office was trying to do. To, to break it down just a little bit, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard by now, Shohei Otani got $700 million over 10 years. But wait, there's more. of the. $70 million per year, $68 million of that money is deferred, gone to the end of the contract. So for the next 10 years, the Dodgers are paying Shohei Otani $2 million per year. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's a deal that is bad for baseball. It is a deal that completely just skews the competitive balance of what teams are going to be able to put on the field. It's a deal that the commissioner's office, had they had any backbone at all, should have voided because what this team that what this deal does now is it allowed the Dodgers to sign Shohei Otani. It allowed them to kick the can down the road about paying Shohei Otani. And then it allowed them to go give Tyler Glasnow an extension that we were looking at money that would probably go to a Blake Snell. That was Blake Snell money that they gave to Tyler Glasnow on that extension that they gave him when he came over by trade from Tampa. What does that mean for the Reds? Well, it means now you're going to have to pay a Blake Snell 35 to $40 million a year because they've set the market this high on starting pitchers now. 
It means that any team that wants to keep up with the Dodgers and try to sign a free agent is going to have to match this ridiculous money that they're throwing around willy-nilly because they don't think they have to face any of the consequences. Uh, this contract with Shohei Otani clearly goes against the spirit of the collective bargaining agreement and what was supposed to be done in an offseason. Did they break a rule? No, they didn't break a rule. But there is a clause where the commissioner can act in the best interest of baseball. This deal is not in the best interest of baseball. It's not in the best interest of these smaller market teams that are trying to compete. And, and it really, I think, derailed what Nick Craw was setting himself up to do this offseason. Uh, they're going to have to take a step back and regroup now and evaluate if they can even go get that frontline starter. Uh, or if we're now in the boat where, where you kind of had us earlier, which is trade for a Shane Bieber. As, as much as I love uh, looking back on Red's history, this feels like the modern-day example of Vita Blue. And instead of blocking the deal, they let it go through. And we'll get to the Tyler Glass now part of this because this is a huge part, and it's very important as to why the Reds didn't end up making the deal for Tyler Glass now. But looking at the Shohei Otani of it all, and, 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 and yes, the, the competitive balance tax number for the Dodgers is not $2 million a year for Shohei Otani. The $2 million a year is just what they're giving him. The competitive balance tax number I was looking is, is the median between $2 million and $68 million. It's, it's coming out, I don't know, I think I saw the math was like 44 or $46 million. I'm not doing the math. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. That's not me telling you what a, the math if is. If it's about half, they're going to be between 35 and $40 million on the right. tax. So it's still high. But still, that still frees up number. a lot of actual cash on hand to give Tyler right. Glass now and give Blake Snell and give whoever else you want to go and wheel and deal for it. Cause you've got the money in your pocket. And what do the Dodgers have a lot of, they got a lot of cash. So this really helps them out. And the whole idea of this deal, like the 700 million, when we first saw that reporter, we're just like, as good as Shohei Otani is, he absolutely deserves that number. And we love that the Dodgers are now hamstrung with this for 10 years. And then somehow this, this whole loophole subversion thing like this is not a normal deal this is not a deal like Shohei Otani understands what he wants he wants World Series rings and he wants glory and and, 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 and legacy and honor and all this other stuff for his career he wants to be known as the best player ever he went to a team that is going to give him that possibility and he worked with them 99% of players are not going to go through all of this rigmarole. 99% of player agents are not going to go through all of this rigmarole, but it caused this ability for the, the Dodgers to go get Tyler glass now and just completely reset that market. Like you said. So with all of that, they're still in the Yoshinobu Yamamoto uh, sweepstakes. They're still in maybe even going and getting Cody Bellinger, they still have all of this ability to continue to be the National League evil empire that the Dodgers have been, you know, granted the only World Series that they've got out of all of this is the COVID season, but still they continue to be that National League force because of how this deal worked in their favor. This is not a deal that the Reds would have done. I think the Reds... And, and we talk about this a lot, and I know that you know we, we've seen this, you've seen this on Twitter, we've seen this in the comment section. The Reds are done with the whole idea of deferred contracts. I really don't think that's something that they're going to do a lot of. Now, now the Dodgers are pretty happy with how this has worked out in their favor. 
the Cincinnati Reds, I don't think will embrace another deferred money contract. I mean, obviously, King Griffey Jr. is the most recent one that comes to mind. He comes off he the comes books, off I the think, at the end of this year, right? So yeah. this coming 2024. So uh, the only way I could see this Castellini ownership group doing the deferred money is if they don't believe they're going to be around when the deferred money becomes due. And I firmly believe that there's about a 0% chance. I mean, it might not be zero, but it's less than 1% chance that the Castellinis are thinking about selling this team at all. There's nothing else that they could do that will make them as much money and give them as much prestige as it does owning a major league baseball team. So I don't see them. I agree with you. I don't see them doing any kind of deferred money uh, moving forward. And I mean, just the sheer volume of what they're deferring. Uh, I, I know there are some rules uh, when it comes to deferred money and them having to put up some money in a, in a bonded format to guarantee that the payer gets played. So I, I don't know that the Dodgers necessarily have 68 of the $70 million to work with, but it frees up enough money to go get a pitcher or two. I mean, they could seriously still make a run at Blake Snell. They still have enough money yep. floating around out there now that they could go and grab another starting pitcher and really screw up the market. Or maybe it's enough money to go bring Kershaw back. I'm not sure. But it, it, it gives the Dodgers really an unfair advantage and has them adding probably the greatest baseball player to ever play the game and to do it very, very cheaply. And it just – it really bugs me. I, I haven't been this worked up about another team's free agent signing in a long, long time. And this one ticked me off because, you know, it, it's not the anger of, oh, we didn't get the guy. Or it's not the anger of, oh, he's in the National League. They're gonna, we're going to play them and it's going to be bad and all those things. It's not that. It's just what it does – to the market itself by allowing the Dodgers to, to go not only make that deal, but make three or four more and just mess up everyone else and disrupt what everybody else is trying to do. And this was already a market that was kind of crazy. Anyway, we talked about, you know, the overabundance of starting pitching that was available, but the number of teams that were going after, I mean, the Royals signed Michael Waka for crying out loud. The Royals were in the starting pitcher market. If the Royals are in the market, Everybody's in the market, and that is why this deal is so weird, and it has messed up just every. I mean, the Reds in particular, who are looking for that 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 impact pitcher, now, where are we at in the market? It's totally the the Otani deal has totally messed this all up. Well, let's do this, Jeff. There's still a lot to talk about here. We need to really dig into what actually happened with with Glasnow, what it cost the Dodgers to get him as far as prospect capital goes, and then what they ultimately gave him in a contract extension. And then also coming up a little bit later, we're going to dig into these rumors that have resurfaced uh, after a press conference that said, we're not trading Jonathan India. Suddenly, word out of Toronto is, hey, we're talking about trading for Jonathan India. So we had a lot to get to, and we're going to get to all of that coming up in just a minute. But before I tell you about any of that, before Jeff and I talk about all of those things, we want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Listen, the NFL season is winding down. It's screaming towards the playoffs, but there is still plenty of time for you to score often with the NFL season and FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 money line bet. Now, I know. I know $150 in bonus bucks back for a $5 money line bet. I know that the first time we talked about this, you and I, I told you not to take the Bengals on a money line. I made fun of them. 
and they haven't lost a game since. So Hude. maybe you want to look at the Hude gang down at Paycor because they have been a money line covering machine. Uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to join the gang. The app at FanDuel is so easy to use. Uh, there's a wide range of betting options, including uh, playing the point spreads, player props, over-unders, that's Jeff's personal favorite, and so much more. You can also combine prop bets into a game for a single game parlay. That's even more fun. So looking ahead, uh, FanDuel has a lot of futures posted. You should go check them out. The lines are moving. They're starting to move as players are signing in baseball. Uh, at one point, FanDuel had Ellie at the fourth best odds to lead the majors in stolen bases next year. Uh, that's probably a still a, a good bet to throw a couple bucks at. It was at 12 to 1. It's probably moved since then. Uh, but there's lots of fun things that you can do just like that over at FanDuel. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and start turning your sports knowledge into cash. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League and the official sports book of Locked On. All right, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day. They would have told you about that uh, Shohei Otani contract when it went down. They've got the local experts from the Locked On Network plus all of the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 streaming sports channel. All right, Jeff, there's still a lot of territory to cover in, in what's kind of gone down over the last week. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Shohei Otani deal, what it means for smaller market teams like the Reds. You you know mentioned the Royals went out and signed a starting pitcher. Uh, it, it has shifted the market now as a couple more guys have come off and the Dodgers made these ridiculous moves. Uh, it really kind of blew things wide open as far as I'm concerned. But let's dig into this Glasnow situation because the Reds were heavily rumored to be going in on this. We saw lots of rumors floating around. Uh, we saw that maybe it could have potentially required a pitcher from the major league roster plus someone like Chase Petty from the minor leagues plus somebody else, a Reese Hines, plus a Edwin Arroyo. It was not going to be cheap. It was going to hurt a little bit to get Glasnow. And then you run into the situation about the extension. So let's talk about what it is the Dodgers actually did. So the, the Dodgers sent to the Rays Ryan Pepio, which was actually a name, and we talked about him a little tiny bit whenever the rumors swirling about Luis Castillo and where he was going to go a couple of years ago. Um, and he was a name that came up. But he has pitched in the major leagues for parts of two seasons now. He's got 17 major league starts under his belt. He's been pretty decent has two really good pitches, needs to develop a third. But he is seen as a starting pitcher. They also sent outfielder Johnny DeLuca, who is more of a corner outfielder. He's got a cup of coffee in the major leagues this past season. Really don't know enough about him to say one way or the other how he's going to turn out, but definitely could be an outfield uh, option for the Rays this year. So you're talking about two major league-ready prospects pepio far and away better than deluca but deluca is is kind of the same range if you look at baseball trade values of like a reese hines or a jay allen he's even a little bit above uh, uh you know a couple of other dudes like a blake dunn or something like that so that was a pretty expensive thing then you add in the fact that they signed tyler glass now to this extension three 
guaranteed years, one option year. Now, the option year is interesting because it is both a team option and a player option. The three guaranteed years, $90 million guaranteed, that, that, that money's spent. The fourth year is a team option for $30 million, and if they don't exercise the team option, he can exercise a player option for $20 million. So he is guaranteed over $100 million. And this is for a guy that has 21 starts last year, the highest he's ever had in his career. He never had under, he's never had over 20 starts in any other season of his career and really just became a full-time starter after being traded to the Rays in that ridiculously horrible deal that the Pirates made to get Chris Archer a while back. Yeah, I know our buddy Ethan over at Lockdown Pirates loves to be reminded about that trade. But all of that is to be said, they are paying and we said this Blake Snell money for a guy who is definitely not Blake Snell. He's got lots of talent, but he's got lots of durability questions too. They did all of this to acquire him. And, and the Rays actually sent Manuel Margot, a uh, veteran outfielder, if you don't know who that is. And they sent $4 million to cover Manuel Margot's salary in all of this so that the deal was complete. And if we look at baseballtradevalues.com, the Rays actually won this deal, thirty million to twenty-one million. The the, the, the Dodgers, Dodgers actually money. took a loss on this deal. Yeah, they, they sent, sent the, the Dodgers money. They sent that's the Dodgers the, that's money. The, that's the that's the funniest part in all of this. But it's just this whole trade, the way that it goes down, and and you talking about it. There was a rumor out there that Chase Petty was involved in this deal. A major league pitcher was going to have to be involved in this deal. We're probably talking about the Reds sending Nicoladolo and Chase Petty. And maybe plus, even plus. more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what you're happened? probably looking just where it ended up. You're probably looking. The Reds would have had to send Nick Lodolo, Chase Petty, Reese Hines, and maybe something else. I know. I mean, the Reds weren't going to send money, but maybe something else. I mean, clearly it was going to cost through the nose. And, and then the the Reds were not going to give Glasnow that kind of money to to sign that extension. So uh, I just don't see. It's a thirty million dollar a year gamble. Yeah. There's, there's no way. So, uh, you know, it's disappointing because I really, truly believe the Reds could at least be in a conversation with a Blake Snell type pitcher uh, mm-hmm. on the free agent market. And for the first time in a long time, have a serious across the table conversation with the players representatives and be like, listen, I know we're not usually here, but we're here right now. We've got this much money. Let's go. But now that money is going to be 35 or $40 million. I just can't imagine that Blake Snell is going to settle for the same money that what Glasnow just got there's, there's and not less years no either. way. Yeah. yeah. And, and not for less years either. So this just torpedoes everything. Uh, and, and for everyone that's mad that the reds didn't go make this trade. I mean, you really have to start looking at how you change out the parts that comparison to what the Dodgers sent versus who the reds would have to send. It is Nick Lodolo. It's not quite Hunter green, but it is Nick Lodolo. It is Nick Lodolo and chase Petty. I think those two pitchers, because of Nick Lodolo's injury history, the fact that he hasn't been able to put it together, I think you would have to send those two pitchers together to equal the one plus add an outfielder to the mix. It just it just doesn't make good baseball sense once you reach that point, you know. And it moves us uh, away from looking at Florida and then back to looking north to Cleveland in the hopes that maybe a deal can be put together for Shane Bieber. Yeah, you're looking at Bieber. There's there's been some rumors of other trades, but nothing super like concrete. Some different pitchers that the Reds have been looking at on other teams that could be available, could not be available. 
Um, it, it, it would be nice. I I've heard rumors that the Mariners are interested in Jonathan India, but it's not like, I don't know. Like I I've saw this one and speaking of our friends over at baseball trade values, they talked about, uh, the Mariners sending Bryce Miller to the reds. And I'd be all in on that 25 years old, five years of control. That's the perfect situation right there. I don't think that's happening, but that would be nice. We're, but we're talking about a market now that we firmly believed the Reds were in. And when it comes to the end of this offseason, if they don't add one of those top flight pitchers from the or from the free agent list or from the trade rumors or something that they had, it's because of moves like this that they won't. Because, yeah, Blake Snell's not taking less than his former teammate who is nowhere near as good as Blake Snell's the reigning NL Cy Young award. And I know he had some walk issues, but everything else was amazing. And yeah, Tyler Glass now was better at his strikeouts per nine and and was better at his walks per nine, but he pitched 60 less innings and he pitched 12 less starts, actually 13 less starts. Sorry. No, no, no. 21, 13, whatever. He pitched less. <laughs> than Blake Snell did, and you so, really uh, have yeah. to stop trying to math today. The math is eluding. <sighs> no you. more math just, for me. No more math. Um, but the, the, the whole point is, Blake Snell saw this and got excited because he's going to make more money. Jordan mm-hmm. Montgomery saw this and he got excited because he's going to make more money. Uh, you know, all of the top flight guys on the free agent list just got a bump up with all of this. So, is it going to happen via trade? Maybe that 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 looks like a much more likely scenario now. Because of the the just cascade, the domino effect of the Otani deal to the Glasnow deal, and now the Reds are just sitting here holding the bag like, all right, um, who's our next pitcher? Where are we going for that? And we keep wondering what the Reds are going to be willing to give up in order to make a move. Uh, long time speculating from last year that it was going to be Jonathan Indy, and of course, Nick Craw looked into the camera, fired up the Zoom, told everyone not looking to trade Jonathan India. Except there was an international phone call that says maybe he is. Uh, Toronto, Jeff, I think, is looking for a second baseman. Toronto's come calling. I'm going to tell you why we're not interested. That's coming up next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you that you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow us on Twitter, X, whatever. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can also follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Also, bookmark insidthereds.com. I actually had an article that I wrote about Jonathan India and the trade rumor with the Blue Jays. I angered an entire continent of baseball fans up in Canada. All the Blue Jays fans are now very angry with my take about that, but we're going to discuss that at length here. And uh, you can see the written form of that on inside the reds.com. Make sure you bookmark that page. Also join the discord server, talking baseball all year long and in between episodes all the time, the lockdown reds, discord server, got a link in the description of today's episode. We invite you to click that 
it's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, so India to the blue Jays. I'm not interested now th- there's some guys and I would like to talk about the options that the reds have. Should there be a deal? But I'm going to start with this because Toronto comes calling for Jonathan India. Nick Crawl is not all of a sudden going to be adding players to this deal. This deal is for Jonathan India. It's not going to be a thing like, well, the the Reds, boy, maybe they go get Kevin Gossman. Maybe maybe they could trade Jonathan India and Edwin Arroyo and, and, and maybe some other prospect and go get Kevin Gossman. That's not what this is. This is, can we trade Jonathan India for Alec Manoa? Can we trade Jonathan India for, I, I don't know, maybe they want to reset a catcher and, and, and trade him for Danny Jansen and then, I, I don't know, add in Tyler Stevenson and get somebody else. Like, th- th- there's, there's, and, and they probably don't even do that. The thing with this is the players that the Blue Jays would want to deal and that the Reds would want to get just don't make sense for me to have them trade Jonathan India to Toronto. Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've been looking at this Blue Jays roster. In fact, I started looking at this Blue Jays roster when uh, they officially announced they weren't picking up Joey Votto's extension because everybody, of course, wants Joey Votto to have this hometown reunion, right, with the Blue Jays. So I started looking at their roster then. There does not appear to be a good match. You know, is, if they were to go and get a Gosman, let, let's let's back up and talk about that for a second, because I think you're right in that this this is a deal that that crawl wants to just be a Jonathan India trade. If he's going to make a Jonathan India trade and Jonathan India is not going to get you a Kevin Gosman. But what if that's the offer? I, I'm just curious. I want to I want to well, throw out that. No, no, no. But what if Gosman is the offer? What if they do come at Nick crawl with an offer of, say, Jonathan India, Chase Petty, and a something for Kevin Gaussman. Are you interested in that deal? I don't know that I'm overly excited about a, any that deal or about getting Gaussman. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Gaussman probably being on the other side of his prime, so I don't think mm-hmm. so. It's also really random, too, where we're talking about Kevin Gaussman, who was a Red. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that, 2018? Yeah, that got off um, year, I think, we, like. By the way, thank you, 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 Toronto. You're welcome. He rehabbed here in Cincinnati and figured out how to be a starting pitcher, then went to San Francisco, then got all that money that you gave him. So you're welcome. But no, like the the, the deal here is, is it's not going to be Gosman. The Gosman is their guy, and I, I think that's who's who's going to lead their pitching staff alongside Yusei Kikuchi and all those different guys. The the deal for me is India. And a one-for-one swap, at least according to baseball trade values, would be for Alec Manoa. And actually, Jonathan India is a little bit more valuable than Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa, two years ago, was a four-win player, had a two ERA in 32 starts. Last year, he was a negative war player with 19 starts at a 5.8 ERA and the peripherals that I like to talk about sometimes and say whether a player was lucky or unlucky actually said he wasn't unlucky at a 5.8 ERA. His ex-fip was a 5.8 as well. So, I mean, he had a, a strikeouts per nine of just over eight, a walks per nine of just over six. Mm. There, there, there was a lot there that it's like, okay, could he be a bounce back candidate? Yes. 
you really going to bet Jonathan Indy on that? I don't want to. Here's the thing. I think and continue to think that the Cincinnati Reds have overvalued Jonathan India. And I would be willing, I think, to make that trade straight up in the hopes that Derek Johnson could get that walk right down, could work mm-hmm. and with the numbers and get him back to the two-year-ago form. If you end up bringing in a four-war starting pitcher for just Jonathan India, you're going to be a gosh darn hero around here. So I I could see that being I could I could see that being some kind of move. I could see it. I can see it, Jeff. But at the end of the day, I don't think that would be the move. I don't think there will be a move. I just don't think Toronto is a natural fit as a trading partner. Uh, I would expect to see other deals in place. I don't know if you can do something uh, with India being included in the of potential Beaver trade, uh, but for me, I I just don't see a fit. I think. On the on the Bieber note, actually, baseball trade value says that that would be a huge win for Cleveland if the Reds traded Shane or Jonathan India for Shane Bieber. I think it's interesting. There there is there is a section, and most of them are on X of Reds fans that believe Jonathan India isn't worth a bag of baseballs. And first of all, you're wrong. He is. Uh, he's he's going bounce back. But I think that there's just so many scenarios that we keep looking at. We, we look at him to. Toronto we look at him to and if if he could bring back Bryce Mitchell in some sort of trade package with the Mariners I'm all in on that I love that idea but you know he's he's not going to be a huge part of a Dylan Cease trade you need a lot more than just him and with the the trade that uh Tampa Bay just got for uh, Tyler Glass now I think uh, Dylan Cease became even more expensive so on, on the trade market so I think that that's probably out of the out of the possibility for the Reds now. There's just so much here that it feels like every time we talk about a Jonathan India rumor, we come back or I come back to the same conclusion of he's more valuable in Cincinnati than he is bringing someone to Cincinnati because I just don't see Alec Manoa maybe, but Nick Kroll said at the beginning of this, of this off season, he says, we are getting proven talent. We are not getting, uh, we're not getting reclamation projects. And Alec Manoa, although he's not a waiver claim, he's a reclamation project. That's a fair point. But he also said they're not trading Jonathan India, and Jonathan India is the rumored partner in this mix. So who knows? But here's what I know, Jeff. Uh, as we come to the end of this episode, thanks so much, everyone, for being an everydayer and being here. We're going to continue to look at this stuff. We're going to continue to monitor these rumors and try to pick out what makes sense and what doesn't because uh, they're going to be starting to come rapid fire. We're almost through the holidays. I think once we get past Christmas and New Year's, things are really, really, really going to start and heat up. I I 100% agree with that. And on that note, it's time to end. Thanks so much for checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, I'm going to be solo. Steve is going to be traveling. And we are going to continue to look at these rumors and try to unpack what you can believe, what you should worry about, and what you should just forget about. Because with all these rumors, it just feels like you have to worry about all of them. You don't. And I'll tell you why. But until then. What can they expect from you and me, Steve? We're going to keep monitoring those rumors. We're going to keep our eyes on the transactions. We're going to keep our eyes on potential trades. We're going to gather up all the information we can. We're going to bring it back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. Maybe I could put you in the trade. Jonathan India and Jeff Carr for... 
Pedro. Er. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.